You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miramville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. It's good to see you guys. Glad that uh, we're through the holidays. I love the holidays, but I also kind of love getting back into the routine. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of ready for my kids to go back to school a little bit, um, uh, even though, depending on the weather, we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, get a little cold out there, but man, I'm excited uh, just for uh, just the new year. The new year always gets our mind kind of wrapped around uh, the idea of starting anew and starting fresh and, and leaving uh, the old behind. And so uh, today we're starting a brand new series. And, and man, I'm so, so excited. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to be there in just a moment. But um, today, uh, as we uh, open up this series, my, my heart and my, my intention and purpose really is to help lay a lot of groundwork for where we're going to be for the next four weeks. We're going to be in this series, Live Like That, uh, for a total of five weeks, including today. And so uh, in chapter six of Matthew, the entire time, uh, we've got a lot of things to share with you today. But, but really today uh, is a little bit different because I want to like share the problem that many of us are, are facing and really just identify this problem. And, and so for the next four weeks, we'll look at God's word and, and how he begins uh, or, or how we can begin to solve that problem in our own personal lives. And, and two, as well, we're going to do a little bit of that as well when we look uh, at the gospel of Matthew in just a minute. But, but how many times uh, have you looked at another couple and thought, man, I wish my wife and I, or my, you know, your spouse could, could be like that couple? How many times have you looked at somebody and, and saw kind of their financial kind of material uh, possessions and thought, man, I, I really wish we could have what they have? I mean, you, you, you see people who aren't in debt and you think, man, I, I, I wish that we could live like that. I wish we could, you know, not have debt. I wish we could have some of those material possessions. And, and so a lot of times in our culture, uh, we look at each other and we compare uh, ourselves to what other people have materially and relationally. And then we also live in this culture where there's advertisements everywhere, and so we're bombarded with these advertisements, uh, trying to convince us that we need all of these different products and all of these different things in order to enjoy life, in order to actually, you know, experience a good life. And so especially now, the new year, there's deals everywhere, aren't there? I mean, everything's on sale. There's half off this, buy one, get one free. All these things, I mean, furniture, clothes, you can buy it today and you don't have to think about it or pay for it till 2000. 50, you know, that's how they hook you, you know, get it now, pay for it later. And so we, we live in this that really perpetuates this, this like rat race that we run and, and, and keeping up with, you know, our neighbors and keeping up with appearance and keeping up with, with uh, outward appearance and how we look. And then uh, we, we think and, and, and we just kind of uh, kind of get to this point in our life where sometimes we get so frustrated Sometimes we get so bent out of shape or just kind of burnt out or stressed out that we, we look at all these things that other people have and kind of, kind of just say, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to have that. You know, we're, we're never going to get out of debt. Like I, our marriage is never going to be that good. We, we look at our financial, you know, accounts and we think, I, I just don't make enough money. I, we don't get enough into our account. It's just not going to happen. It's just not ever going to work out and we're never going to live like that. 
And so it can become very frustrating living in this world, trying to live for Jesus and at the same time fighting this American dream, fighting this this tension of wanting these material possessions in our life. And so what do we do? How do we understand what God is asking us to do and how we can grow closer to him through this process? So so here's here's what this series is not. It's not a five-step you know, here's five ways to improve your marriage or here's how to become debt free. Uh, we're not going to actually cover that. What we want to do in our time together is really go deeper than that. We want to go deeper than that. Like what is the root cause of why you want what you want? What is the root cause of that envy? What is the root cause of why we never think our marriage is going to get any better? Or why, uh, you know, materially or, or financially things are never going to get better for us? Well, I can say this, and we're going to learn this through this chapter. Like, like every problem and every issue that you have and that I have in this room today all stems from a heart issue. Like everything that we deal with relationally, sin-wise, <clears throat> excuse me, Everything that we deal with comes down to a heart issue. And so we have to, we have to dig deep. And so as we dig deep and we begin to, to really look at the face of Jesus, if we can really truly seek first the kingdom of God and, 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 and seek and look at and, and, and really get our attention upon Jesus, then and only then will we be able to hear the voice of Jesus reveal the issues that are in our heart thereby which we can repent and turn to him, and only Jesus can heal. We always operate on the surface. Like in our marriage and our finances, we're always operating on surface level issues. What he, sh- what he said, what she said, you know, bills, debt, X's and O's, when really these are just the, the, like the surface level. This shows that there is a problem. But the real problem is down deeper. The real problem is in our heart. And so we want to uncover some of that and we want to begin to hear from the voice of Jesus. But before we can do that, we've got to do a little detox. So that's what today is about. The title of the sermon is Detox because there are a lot of physical poisons in your body today. Like literally, um, the preservatives, the chemicals, uh, the various foods and drinks that, that we put into our body. And this is like medically proven. This is not like some abstract theory. Like there are toxins in our body. And so we're going to talk about how we physically detox. But then there are also some spiritual poisons in our body. So like over time, we desensitize ourselves to sin in the world we allow ourselves to listen to various music. We allow ourselves to, to watch, you know, certain movies or TV. And, 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 and then we start to do things and get involved in various things and, 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 and have these relationships that are unhealthy. And so all of those things combined begin to spiritually poison our heart and our mind and, and distract us and keep us from the things of God. Uh, on top of all of that, we have what, what I'm just going to call static. Like the static of life is it, just all around us. And, and, and the static of life is everything that is like begging for your attention. Everything that is, is, is trying to distract you, beg for your attention, demand your time, and suck the life out of you. Do you realize that the average person looks at their cell phone 150 times a day? Looking at Facebook, text messaging, Candy Crush, 
whatever game you're addicted to this month, uh, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, 150 times a day looking at our cell phones. The average person watches four hours of TV a day. Most of you are working at least eight to 10 hours a day. Some of you have kids and you have kids. That means you've got uh, an hour uh, of homework, probably a night on top of their schedules. And so, you know, they're playing sports. And so they've got two to three hours of, of practice a week and, and not to mention drive time and not to mention games. And so all of these things are kind of the static of everything that's going on in your life. If you have multiple kids, you're always on the road. You're always going somewhere You barely have time for dinner and rarely take time to listen to the voice of Jesus. Let's just listen to the voice of Jesus today. He says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon... And all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, that's our life. It's like the voice of Jesus is speaking. And the voice of Jesus is clear. But because of the static, because of the the mess and the junk of the rat race and the culture that you have chosen to live, nobody's making you live that way, but you yourself have chosen to run that race. And as a result, you are missing the very voice of God. You see, I'm convinced that we need to do a little detox today. Um, Because the result is we stumble through life. We know that there's more to our spiritual life. We know that there's more that, that God, you know, wants to do. And, and on some level, you know, we want to please God and we want to follow Jesus, but we never quite can get there. It's like we take one step forward and then things happen and then we're, we're two steps back. And it's like we never get over that hump and that edge to really hear the voice of Jesus. And then we wonder why we're so exhausted. You wonder why you never have enough money. You wonder why, you know, this, this idea of something being wrong and never really understanding why. And then you, you worry. And your anxiety levels are out the roof. I mean, some of you can't even look at your credit card statement anymore because it makes you vomit. Some of you are stressed out relationally because, you know, your marriage is, 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 is just not in a good place. And so all of these things create this anxiety, create this, this worry and stress. And we're worrying about what food we eat and, and what diet we should be on. And we worry about the clothes and material possessions that we have and, and, and what we don't have and what we want to have. And, and as a result of all of this mess, it leaves us feeling detached from God. And every time We are detached from God. Our heart is going to worry. It's going to be stressed. And you're going to feel emptiness. 
Um, now, just a, a few weeks ago, uh, we did uh, a text message survey. You guys remember that? Um, so, so the question was, if, when you think about the next step in your faith, the next step that Jesus is calling you to do in your, in your walk with him, uh, what emotion does that evoke? And so the uh, emotions, the choices that we gave, we talked about the Christmas story. And so we looked at different characters in the Christmas story. And so there was stress. Some of us feel stressed when we think about that next step. We're not sure that we're going to be good enough. Some, some of us are fearful. We're not sure what Jesus is going to ask us to do if we took that step. Some of us are, were preoccupied and not really focused on our walk with Jesus. And then, and then finally, the last uh, one was captivated. And so when we think about that next step, we're just in awe of who Jesus is. So so can you show that slide? Let's, let's take a look at the actual results. I wasn't necessarily uh, surprised by these results, uh, but nevertheless, they were great for us to see. And, and um, when, we, when we looked at them, we just knew uh, that this is kind of how it was going to be. So I wasn't really surprised. And, and, and so now, actually, that's not it. We're, we're looking for the actual text message. Anyway, here's the deal. What happened was... Um, an overwhelming majority of people, no, that's the video, don't play that again. <laughs> An overwhelming majority of people said that they were preoccupied. They were preoccupied. So, very, you know, a few said, uh, you know, a little, little fearful, a little stressed, but the majority, like over 70%, said that they were preoccupied. Occupied. So essentially, we're too busy for you, Jesus. That's what we're saying. We're too busy for you. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do some detox over the next 21 days. Uh, the definition of detox is to undergo treatment to rid the body of poisonous substances. So, so we're going we're gonna to identify some poison. We're going to identify this, and, and we're going to do some things to hopefully help you detox from this world and culture that's around you. So here's how we're going to do it. First and foremost, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. And so Matthew chapter 6, we're just going to dive into uh, for the next four weeks like never before. And so um, we're, we're going to look at it verse by verse, pick it apart, see what it's actually telling us to do. The very last passage of scripture that I was reading here just a moment ago ends with, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So I mean, that's the foundation of the passage. So like, how do we seek first the kingdom of God? How do we get rid of the, all the, you know, static and, and all of the distractions and, and, and detox and, and seek first the kingdom of God? He gives us three ways that we, that we seek first the kingdom of God. The first thing that he's going to tell us is, is by fasting. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to talk about what fasting is. I'm going to challenge you guys to do that over the next four weeks. So, so when we look at fasting, essentially what we're saying, when we, if we're going to seek first the kingdom of God by fasting, we are saying physically with my body, I am seeking first the kingdom of God. Food being one of the most basic primal instincts that you and I as humans have. And so we are, we are saying no to food for a specific season of time to pursue godliness. That is a physical with our bodies putting the kingdom of God First, and then we're going to look at what is prayer. 
So this is our spiritual uh, side. This is the spiritual realm of our life. Prayer connects us spiritually to our maker. It connects us spiritually and relationally to Jesus. And so we're going to look at what prayer is and what it is not and, and how, you know, if we are truly seeking first the kingdom of God, then our prayer life must exist. If it doesn't, then we're not putting the kingdom first. And then finally, uh, the third thing that we're going to see is, is that we've got to give. We've got to become givers. And so if we're truly going to put the kingdom of God first, then we have to stop robbing God of what belongs to him. And we have to understand what it means to humbly and sacrificially give to him. And I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to learn this. Like, don't miss a week because it just builds and builds and builds. And, 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 and so, like, if we're going to put the kingdom of God first, and, like, as a believer in Jesus, that's what we're called to do. So we're, we're looking at this as this is something that we all want to do. We want to seek first his kingdom. And so if we're going to do that, then we're going to fast, physically submit ourselves to God. We're going to be in prayer, spiritually submitted to Jesus. And we're going to give to him. That's materially submitted to Jesus. And so today we're going to look at fasting. Look at verse 16 of chapter 6. Let's read this passage uh, of Scripture. And we're not going to go verse 1 to to the very end. Um, We want to start with fasting because that really sets the tone for the whole series and sets the tone for this uh, passage. So that's why I chose to start here in verse 16, but we're going to cover every verse uh, as we move forward the next few weeks. So let's look at it. Verse 16. So Jesus says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, well, let's just talk through this. So let's just notice in verse 16 that he says, and when you fast. So the point here is like Jesus expects us to fast. He doesn't say when we're supposed to fast, like every third Sunday. Of the, he, de- he doesn't say how long it should be. Everybody better do it, you know, this many. He doesn't say when or, or, or how long, but he says, but when you fast. So, so what he's assuming here is that if you love God and you want to pursue holiness in your life, then you and I will incorporate fasting as a part of our schedule, as a part of our life. So, and when you fast. Now the next part says, and don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. So there was evidently a group of people who would fast and then they would like, you know, maybe not wear makeup for the day or maybe give a a gloomy kind of look so that everybody would kind of see, hey man, you look down, are you okay? Like, oh dude, I'm fasting for holiness. And it's like wanting attention for that. And so Jesus says, don't, don't be like that. And so we look at that and you're, you're thinking, oh, we would never do that. But I, I just kind of want to make this, this observation. Like if you're a married person in the room, you have a nonverbal gloomy look. And you share that nonverbal gloomy look every time your spouse comes to you and you know they're about to ask you to do something. So like guys, you're sitting there 
and you, you know your wife has a honey-do list or whatever. And so, so it's your day off or whatever. And you can just say, I mean, if you've been married for longer than five years, you kind of know what the other person's thinking. You can finish each other's sentences. You know what's coming, you know. And so you're sitting there. You see your spouse. Your wife is coming at you guys. And you can just see it in her eyes. She's wanted you to change the oil for like six weeks. And you know the same stinking statement is about to come. And so you know what you do? You give her the nonverbal gloomy look. So it's like as she starts walking, you're like, oh, the old knee, the old thigh is acting up again. I better, better, you know, rest today. That's what that means. You don't even have to say it, but it's like, oh, oh, the old, oh, the old injury, you know. And so you kind of sit down and then she kind of sees that and she's like, oh, all right, I won't, you know. And she just walks away. It's that nonverbal look that just says everything. It says, get away from me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and then like, like wives, you, you, you have the nonverbal gloomy look. All, you know, you do it too. Like your husband, he's got that look in his eye, you know? He's kind of got that half smile, you know? We're in church, I know, but hey, this is reality. His eyebrows kind of up. He's like looking at you from across the room and then you give him the nonverbal, you know, gloomy look like, oh man, ooh. You know what that means? I got a headache, bro, get away from me. Don't even come near me. So he's like, oh, you know? So it's like we do the nonverbal gloomy look all the time in various situations. And so when he says, when you fast, just don't do that. You know, you're not trying to advertise to other people that you are so holy, you know, just, just do it and, 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 and do it for the purpose of godliness, not to get attention. You know, like you're sitting around the table at work and your stomach growls. You're like, oh my, did you guys hear that? Like, wow, I'm, I'm fasting for like three days for the purpose of godliness. You know, I mean, we're not going after a church trophy here. Don't look like, you know, your, your, your dog just ran away, basically. So let's look at the next, next uh, verse. He says, I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 17, but when you fast, again, here it is, but so we're expected to do this. Anoint your head with oil and wash your face. So take a shower, use soap, use deodorant, brush your teeth, fix your hair, put on makeup if you do makeup, you know, and, and, and look normal. Like fix yourself so that you look normal because we're not doing this to be seen by other people, he says. Verse 18, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So the purpose of fasting is godliness. It's for pursuing Jesus in your life. And so he wants us to focus that, that idea and that purpose on him. We do this not to be seen by others, not for the approval of others, not to be seen as, as holier than other people. We do this simply for Jesus. And, and when we do things in secret, he rewards us. It's like he sees everything, what we give, what we do, what we think, what we say. And so in, in our private like uh, devotion to him, he sees us. And so he rewards us. Now, rewards always kind of freak us out in church because we all, you know, if you grew up in church like I did, we kind of think, well, we should serve Jesus because we should just serve Jesus, not because he's going to do anything good for us. And so that was kind of the humble approach to following, you know, God. Like, well, that's kind of how I felt. Like, you know, you got you to gotta follow him, but don't get excited about the rewards. Don't get excited about, you know, the great things that are going to happen. Just do it just because you love him. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I see rewards over and over and over in the Bible. Over and over in the, in the New Testament, we see uh, Paul saying things like, make my joy complete. So he, he wants to be happier. He wants to be 
uh, more filled with, with joy. Jesus on and on says that he's going to reward us. So here's the thing. When you fast, get excited about what God is about to do. I think we should get excited about the rewards that are going to follow. We don't know what those rewards are going to be necessarily. Maybe it's an answered prayer that we've been praying for. Maybe it's financial blessing. Maybe it's something opportunity-wise opens up at work. Whatever issue that you specifically you know, begin to pray for as you fast, I believe God will reward you. And maybe it's not day one or day two. Maybe it's you know, three or four months from now. But for whatever the result is, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, if you fast for the purpose of godliness, God will reward you. And that's something to get excited about. I think it's something that we should be pumped up about. I think it's something that you and I ought to, you know, be, be like jacked up about. Like God is about to like spiritually body slam some of you over the next four weeks, like in a good way, you know, like, like when I wrestle my kids, like especially my youngest daughter, when they were little, they loved to be body slammed. You know, if you've got young kids, toddlers, they love it. Like I would do it, you know, I feel like, man, I was doing it kind of hard there. And they're like, no, do it higher, do it. It's like they love to get body slammed by daddy. They laugh, they have fun, they're excited. It's like God is about to do that in this place. I wholeheartedly believe that God is going to do this in this place, in your heart, in your life. 2014 is going to be a spiritual mile marker in your life. Like something big is about to happen for you because of what we're doing corporately as we pursue Jesus in this place. So fasting, what happens when you fast? So, so when we're fasting, we begin to pursue uh, like God in, in, a, in a more intense way in our prayer life. So our prayer life really begins to, to be more uh, intensified. When we're fasting, we become more receptive to, to God's voice. So we've, you know, in the illustration earlier, the video's playing, I'm reading the Bible, nobody hears me, everybody's distracted. Like the voice of God becomes clearer when you and I fast. We learn or we lean more on scripture to hear his voice. We, we demonstrate our grief and, and, and sometimes we demonstrate repentance when we fast because some of us are dealing with sin and, and as we fast, we, we're repenting and we're, we're pouring out our heart to God because of sin or maybe we've lost the loved one recently. And so, so as we fast, we are mourning the loss of that person and, and, and God just fills our hearts physically and spiritually as we fast. We physically declare that God is all that we need to survive. He is like number one, that we are seeking him and his kingdom first and foremost. We learn to sense like the spiritual reality more than like the physical reality. So, so we, our senses, it's like a spider sense kind of going on. Like spiritually, my senses are sharper when I'm fasting. And like the, 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 the static of the world is a little darker. Can't hear, it's not as loud. Here's a few other like examples. Like, let's, actually, let's talk about types of fasting. Um, so what's it mean to fast? So like in the Bible, um, fasting, a biblical fast is always from food. So it's always from food. Um, and so that's what I'm going to be asking you to do physically to fast from food. Uh, I'll get into specifics in just a second. But let me talk about three ways to fast. First of all is the hardcore fast. We see this once, I think, maybe twice in the Bible where you fast from food and you fast from liquids. Like, I'm not asking you to do that. If you're like feeling God is calling you to do that, consult your physician, okay? Um, but what we're asking you to do is, is um, a normal fast. 
And so a normal fast is when you decide how long the fast is going to be and when you're going to do it. And then in that process, you are saying, I am not going to eat for that that period of time. Um, And so you're going to drink plenty of water. And if you want to, you can throw juice in there. Like sometimes when I fast, it's it's fasting from food. But then I drink water and I drink juice. Um, And so that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's that's totally your call and what you want to do. Um, how long is a normal fast? In the Bible, we see people fasting for one day, uh, three days, five days, 21 days, and 40 days. So pick one. Um, I'm not asking everybody to do one specific amount of days this year, maybe next year, but this year, we're just asking you to choose uh, a specific amount of time. A three-day fast, I think, is, is great. Uh, if you want to go five days, awesome. If you want to do 40 days, You're amazing. Um, But pick one, okay? So that's the normal fast. A partial fast is what we call a Daniel fast. And so in the Bible, Daniel fasted from uh, meat, bread, sweets, and wine. So if you want to do a Daniel fast for 21 days, go for it. More power to you. God's going to bless you and do some awesome things. Basically, you'd be drinking water and juices, uh, fruits and vegetables during that time. Uh, That would be a a, a partial fast. Uh, so we're asking you to do either the partial or the normal. Now in the Bible, we see people fasting all over the place. So we've got many examples. I can't get into detail on these, but I do want to mention them so that you can go and look them up. Moses fasted for 40 days before God gave him the Ten Commandments. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Elijah fasted for 40 days. Esther called for the city to fast for three days and God spared them from the evil plot of Haman. Hannah was depressed because she couldn't have a baby, so she fasted in 1 Samuel. God heard her prayer, and Samuel was born uh, not long after that. Judah, Ezra, Daniel, the people of Nineveh, uh, Nehemiah, David, Anna, Paul, Peter, they all fasted in the Bible, and they all fasted at various lengths. And so we're not, God doesn't say you have to fast this amount of days you know, to be holy. He wants you to make that choice. And so pray about it, think about it, choose, and then go for it. Um, like fasting is not simply dieting. Um, if you are, if you're, if you jump in and you, you get on board with us and you fast over the next few weeks, um, but you're not praying and you're not in God's word, you're, you're simply starving yourself. Like the purpose is godliness. And so we choose how long we're going to do it when we're going to do it, and then as we do it, we're using that extra time to get into God's word and to pray. If we're so preoccupied, like we're so preoccupied with taking that next step, then the most natural thing for us to do is to unoccupy our time. And if we can free up three hours a day, and a lot of times it's longer than that, if you're lunchtime, if you're breakfast and a dinner and, and a snack person, I mean, that's, that could be four hours a day that you're eating and snacking here. And you're saying for four hours a day, I'm going to use that time to pray or to read God's word. You don't think God's going to do something huge in this church and in your life? I promise you he will. Fasting is more than dieting. Um, If it doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to God. So we have to have that purpose of seeking God in that time. So here's what I'm asking you to do. So like for 21 days, we're going to fast. Um, And it's not this week, so don't freak out. You got all week to think about it. Um, We're going to come back next Sunday. 
We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about it. And then I'll, I'm going to help you to make that decision by next Sunday. And then Monday the 13th, it will start. 21 days. So for 21 days, you're going to do the Daniel fast. Um, and for during that 21 days, we're going to be going through Matthew chapter 6 online on our website. We've got a daily devotion for one verse a day, five questions, help you get into God's word through this uh, season for 21 days. We've got three main areas we're asking you to pray for, for our church, as well as obviously we want you guys to pray about, you know, a specific need and specific things in your life that you want to pray about and that you're seeking God on. And so you're doing your personal thing, but then you're praying also uh, for our three major areas. I'll share that in a second. And so, so you're going to choose in that 21 day span, when and how long you're going to fast from food. So that's the biblical fast that we're going to do in that 21 days. Now, I'm a- actually, I'm asking you to also do a cultural fast that will last the entire 21 days. Now, what is a cultural fast? Um, simply put, it's anything that is in your life that is taking up time that you set aside and don't do any longer for a specific season and specific amount of time for the pursuit of godliness. So a cultural fast might be you're not going to get on Facebook for 21 days because you're on it 150 times a day. Uh, It takes up a lot of time. You're not going to text. You're not going to use your cell phone. You're going to not watch TV. You're not going to go to movies. You're not going to play, you know, games on your phone. You're going to technologically find something that's taking up a lot of time in your life and you're going to set it aside for 21 days for the purpose of godliness and pursuing Jesus. Um, Some of you are, have a hobby and you spend a ton of time on this hobby. You're in the garage, you're on the golf court, you're, you're doing something that takes up a lot of your time. And so for 21 days, you're going to set that aside and pursue God in your life. So biblical fast and a cultural fast. All this stuff is on our website. You can go home today, uh, go to uh, foothillschurch.com uh, slash live like that and see all of this stuff. You just go to foothillschurch.com and in the bottom left corner, you'll see live like that. Click on that. We've got, uh, we'll have articles about all the different things that we're talking about through this series. We're also starting a, a, a show uh, called Talking That. And Talking That is uh, a various different people um, on video that we interview, that we talk with to help dive a little bit deeper into God's Word, help you apply what we're talking about on Sunday morning. And every Sunday afternoon for this series, we're going to upload that video on our website. And in fact, I think it's already there for today. Um, uh, Dr. Jake Paris, myself, and Pastor Greg uh, talk even further about what fasting is. So I know a lot of you probably have more questions about that. Um, so you can, you can go there, watch that video, kind of get you going, uh, read some articles. If you have any questions that we don't have answered uh, on our website or, or we haven't talked about today, you can text your question. Uh, text the word FAST, then your message to 22333. It's the same number that we used a couple of weeks ago. That'll be on the screen right there. It is. Ah, amazing. So um, cultural FAST and a biblical fast. Now, what are we praying for? I want you guys to pray for your specific needs. But for our church, for these 21 days, I'm specifically asking you guys to pray first and foremost for a spiritual awakening. Like we want to see hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus through the ministries here at Fiddles Church. Like we literally want you to pray for hundreds and thousands of people to accept Christ. You see, that's huge. And so I I believe God's going to answer that. 
And, and, and you know what? What we do for the next 21 days is going to affect us, and we're going to see that happen. But I think it's even going to affect this church 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Maybe that hundreds of thousands of people that you prayed for and that you fasted for, maybe that harvest comes in, you know, 10, 5 years. I don't, I don't know. I do know this. God is going to hear us. And I can't wait to see what he does. Secondly, uh, we want you to pray for leadership training. Because as a church, as we continue to grow, our heart is to make disciples in relational environments. And to be able to do that as our church grows, we need more leaders who are biblically literate, that love Jesus and that love people, and that will invest their life into others. And so as a church, we want to equip and train people to grow and be able to lead small groups and help people grow in their walk. Because, you know, we want disciples to make disciples that make disciples, right? And so that's a huge prayer for us. And then finally, we're asking you to pray for, for land and resources. Because as, I, as God brings more people to our church, as we're training more leaders, as more people are investing their life and helping other people love Jesus and grow in Jesus, we're going to need more land and we're going to need more resources to be able to take care of these folks and to grow our ministry. And so all of these things walk hand in hand together. Those are the three prayers we're asking you to pray for for the church. Obviously, you've got your own. Uh, the online devotions will be on our website. Um, talking that is on our website. Here's why this is so important. Um, it's so important because like we continue sometimes to put off our spiritual life. So like, you know, we come to church and we get motivated and then we walk out the doors and we kind of lose that motivation because of all the stuff, you know, all the stuff that we're running and, and the race that we jump into and, and listen, practice and kids and home, that's not bad stuff, but how do you manage that? In, in, in your spiritual life. Like it's, it, it can happen, but you have to carve out time intentionally to be with Jesus or you're, you're gonna get lost in the madness. You'll never grow. You'll never experience the life that Christ is calling you to live. We, we kind of have this idea that, that you know, because I hear this all the time. Like I hear people say, well, I wanna get plugged in or I used to get plugged in. So we have a lot of wannabes and a lot of used to be's. You know, I, I used to be plugged in, but then, you know, work picked up and then the kids got busy with this and that. And, and before you know it, they weren't in small group anymore and then they weren't coming to church anymore. And, and now they're totally disenfranchised from the church. And it's like, what happened? Well, that slow fade erupted in, and took place in their life. And so we have to realize that for us, we want to plug into God's power. We want to plug in relationally to God. And to do that, We've got to carve out time. We've got to detox a little bit. We've got to focus our heart and our attention upon him. And here's the deal. Like some of you understand this, but like if you don't give up some of these things, if you don't change your focus, like God's blessing is not there. Like God, God's direction is just not there in your life. And so like we, we, we disconnect from God and then later on in life, we blame him for our circumstances. It's like, why would God bless you if you're already robbing him with what you have? Why would God you know, bless you in this area or that area if you haven't been faithful with the little stuff that he has already given you? So that, that whole process makes sense to us and yet we still fight that and yet we still resist that. Um, we, we were cracking up a couple weeks ago because um, like it's easier to get connected to Jesus than it is our cable company. Have you noticed that? Like to get your cable company to come to your house is an act of God. 
Like you, and when they finally commit, it's going to be like, you know, between the hours of 9 a.m. And, and like midnight. It's like they can't even like pinpoint a time. And so you stay, stay at home waiting for the guys to show up and you get so famished, like all the food's gone by the time, you know, they get there. And so you run to the grocery store and as soon as you leave, they jump out behind the bushes and then tack the note on your door that says, sorry, we missed you. And you're like, Ugh. it's like, ah, it's like God is not like that. He's not playing hide and seek with you. Like he is, he wants and desires to be in relationship with you. And so, so seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added to you. When we talk about possessions and material and spiritual and, and relational, all those things will be added to you. But, but seek first the kingdom of God. If you're like me, you like or you would want God's power before you actually step out in faith. It's like we, we want God's power before we actually step out in faith and go ask for forgiveness. He's calling us to, to give or he's calling us to do something. And instead of going and doing that, we want God to give us the power now and then we'll go do that. It doesn't work that way. We have to step out in faith and do what he's calling us to do. And then the blessing and then the reward and the strength come. So, uh, man, I, I'm super excited. Uh, check out our website to get more information. Um, as we close and as we just kind of wrap this up, um, I'm just encouraging you to pray through this week. When you're going to fast during this 21 days, how long it's going to be, um, what biblical fast are you going to are you going to do, and then secondly, what cultural fast are you going to do? And I'm asking everybody to do it. So, like, if this is the first time you've ever been here, you're like, dude, I didn't sign up for this kind of thing. Like, no, you signed. That's why God brought you here today. Like, it's not an accident. So, I don't care if you're a partner or not a partner. This is for you spiritually to connect with God. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.